Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andrew McCart, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, and I'm delighted as always to be joined by Mr. Paul Smith. Paul, how's things, mate? You all good? Yeah, not bad, thanks, mate. Just getting over a busy week. A busy, good, busy, a busy week. I know you had a, a sort of celebrational party for Liam, I think it was on Friday night, and then obviously I won't talk about the Liverpool score today, so I'll keep that quiet because you're probably a little bit peed off with that. So, yeah, I do want to, obviously I want to get your thoughts on the yard better be a fight, but I think for us to start off with, it'll be the the fight last weekend with your brother Liam and Chris Eubank um, Jr. Uh, yeah, I spoke to you after the fight. I got your immediate reaction. Your words were buzzing, excited. You were over the moon, delighted. But then obviously the last couple of weeks has been sort of like an appeal launch from Team Eubank reference and elbow from Liam. I just want to get your immediate thoughts on that. I, I genuinely don't even know if that the appeal is is real or whether they just they're not the bollocks and, and it's just to create headlines and I was a bit pissed off with basically Sky Sports running that, you know, they were even the way that they were they were doing it. I don't want to quote it wrong, but it was a case of Eubank's promotional outfit, promotional team considering making an appeal after seeing an elbow or something. And then at the very end they go, when when Eubank's promoters were approached, i.e. Sal, and they said they're looking into it. And that's all he said. So I genuinely don't even think that they are, unless I've, something's happened while I've been, you know, having the week away from boxing, so to speak, apart from concentrating on just celebrating with Liam. Um, I don't think they'll, they'll appear. They've got a little leg to stand on, but at the end of the day, you know, you know boxing yourself. I've been it with elbows, butts, low blows, accidental shots. If you have the choice to hit someone with a left hook that way or an elbow that way, you're going to choose the left hook every time. You know, it certainly wasn't intended. People keep saying the bump on his eye came up from um, the elbow. And to me, it's, again, a, a load of rubbish. I don't think it did. I think it was the left hook to the head that did the elbow. Um, if you want to start getting technical, and I'm not slagging Victor Lachlan, I really like Victor Lachlan. I think he's a top referee, one of the top referees that we have. Eubank touches down before the alleged elbow incident even happened. He touched down with his right hand. That's a knockdown. And if he hadn't gone down there, if it had been ruled to knock down, he might have got knocked out bad, to be honest with you. Um, people just can't fathom the fact that, in their opinion or in their eyes, a light middleweight is stepping up and wiping the floor with Chris Eubank and, and stopping him and getting him out of there in, in, in devastating fashion. Let's have it right. When big punches 
and they are big punches like George Groves, Arthur Abraham, and the likes couldn't do it. And that just screams to me that is what I've said for a long, long time. You've got a clue about boxing. You know, just because a big super middleweight is hitting someone and not dropping them a couple of years earlier on a different day, a different night, different circumstances, different, you know, gloves, different arena, different place. Doesn't mean that he can't then go and knock a Montevideo with a perfect shot. Again, I keep seeing he's got a great chin. So they all until they go. And then once they go, they go. And again, that's boxing, that's common sense in boxing. People know just because you've got a great chin doesn't mean you can take shots clean. And the shot you don't see will 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 stop you and knock you out. I speak from experience myself. I've been stopped. I've had my legs like Hugh Banks the way they were. Felt all right. I wasn't. And I've been it well harder before. And I, I was it well harder after it. But that one shot just buzzed my legs and made my legs not my own. And again, as I keep saying, I keep I have to stress. I know I got hit a lot harder after that stoppage what I had. It was George Groves that caught with the shot. Arthur Abraham felt it a lot harder. Again, people who box Groves, uh, Eubank. But that shot was just perfect and landed. Now, back to that fight. Liam had worked on that shot all through camp, overhand, right hand, uh, left to book up, left to. The, the left hand is a pet shot anyway, but the overhand right hand, Liam was letting it go after 20 seconds, 30 seconds, because it was there, the shot was there. You banged to me, and Liam, Liam has said this himself, even he's been even more vocal than me about it. You banged looked terrified, and every time Liam would throw a shot, you'd see him blinking and moving back and pulling well out of range instead of the usual, just pulling out of range and maybe dipping inside, staying in it. He was like, wanting to get out as quick as he could and get away. He looked scared, he looked fearful. I was in the dressing room watching Eubank get his hands wrapped. And I come into our dressing room, probably an hour and a half it took to do two hands. And the hand wrapping was, was good. There wasn't, I didn't see any issue with it or any, any problems with it. Um, I didn't say much in there apart from just to pull the tape back a little bit because when he first had to put the first line, it was a bit too close to the knuckles. That was it. You know, I could have been an arsehole and done a lot more and tried to get it into Eubank's head or whatever or annoy him a little bit because he's fighting my brother or my teammates or whatever which one it might be at the time. That's what you do. You send a representative in. I didn't need to. He was just sitting there in, in like his own little world, but not focusing. He was pulling up every little mistake with the bandage and there wasn't many. I, I want that that way. You know, I want this doing this way. And then he left Roy Jones over to sign the glove and come back. And whole point being is I've seen that before and it's your mind is you, you're worrying too much about the fight. And I walked in and I assume said to Liam, he's absolutely shitting himself in there. And I, I think I'm a good judge of character and I can read someone, especially with, in, in boxing. I've been involved in it for 30 years now. And from what I saw, I was I left the dressing room buzzing, thinking he's feeling this. And I know Liam's not. And all I saw all week was Liam's rattled or Eubanks in Liam's head and Take a lot more new bank to get inside his head. You know, you know him, you know him well, you know Liam what he's like. He's he's mentally very, very strong. And you have to be in this boxing game. But um all in all, yeah, the elbow, I think the clutching of stores now. And I don't think anything will be happen will happen about it or happen over it. I don't think any the boxing board probably won't even look at it because there's nothing there to look at. The the footage is there for everyone to see. And again, I think the most the people who are the most vocal about it are probably the people who've probably never been actually to an actual boxing fight or, or, or you know, don't really understand the game. Did an elbow land? Yeah, you probably watched the fight last night. You've probably seen a couple of elbows landing. You probably mm. seen you know you see cuts from head clashes. You're gonna see all that in a good fight when the fights when the fight's getting 
tasty, so to speak, and the stars are gelling or the fighters come together, you're gonna see little bits of not foul play because it's not they're not do they're not meaning it. It just happens, you know. Heads clash. Yeah. I've had cuts off head clashes myself, elbows. It just happens, but the clutching of slows now. Everyone, whether that be part of the team, the, the promotion, the, the the you know the the fans or whoever else is claiming that like an elbow will will have Eubank wouldn't have lost it in that way if the elbow didn't land. You know. You mentioned obviously, like I've been I've followed boxing for as long as you now thirty years, and I've I've dabbled in a little bit of fight myself in the amateur game and whatnot. But like like you say, there is head clashes, there is low blows. You get hit in the hip. Even when you come out of a roll, the elbow's there and you knock somebody top of your elbow, which is even probably worse at the top of your head there. So all these little things always happen in boxing. Now, I've read somewhere and a lot of people telling me, Andrew, do you think they're trying to sell the rematch and, and whatnot? Do you feel like that's the case? Could be. I just think Liam, again, Liam mentioned it in his his nice way of putting it. You've got a lot of ball callies around him. You've got a lot of ass kisses and back patters and you know, people who are there just for that reason. And they just won't have it, the fact that Eubank has lost to a better fighter. When this fight was made, I didn't think they'd make Eubank the favourite. I thought the bookies and, and, and the boxing people knew best. The boxing people knew best because the majority picked Liam for this fight. A few picked Eubank and there's no, that's fine. It's a 50-50 fight. It was a close fight in my opinion. But Liam has the more experience. The power wouldn't have bothered Liam. I think the power was probably siding with Liam, as was proven. I've been in the ring with them both. I know your bank's not a puncher. Liam's tell him all week, you can't punch. You know, when was the last time you stopped someone or you knocked someone else, sorry. And, and it, it, it's it's never been sort of devastating, but he's got the Eubank name and speed good. Boxing ability, Liam, you know, strength up, up close. Eubank's got, got a shout on that. But for me and for, for, for people around him, a lot of people who knew the boxing, Hundreds of life as well. We told probably Liam was the favourite, but Eubank being maybe the bigger man and maybe having that little bit of extra reach and and, and if he gets his jab going, it'll be difficult. But um, we all thought Liam was probably the favourite and, and, and I, I I think there was no way that Eubank should have been a, like a two-to-one on or something to, to win that fight, which got proven. But I think the general public, Joe Public, not, not like... Well, not even connoisseurs, you know, just just proper boxing fans who know the boxing. You know, the Joe public who don't really know the boxing you're watching can't believe that Eubanks lost. And the people who think they know a bit about boxing, but as I say, you know, you get to find when you have one little bit of debate with them, the, the excuses and the reasons they come up with. They're dumbfounded by how this can happen because the stats don't lie and he's, he's been in with bigger men and all the fighters that he's fought, but Facts are facts. It was there for everyone to see. There's no hiding place in that ring. You know, there must have been, or oh, every camera angle was covered on that night for, from what happened in that fight. The build-up was all covered. There was cameras following both fighters around and the teams around. There's no hiding place, basically. So what we all saw is what happened and what Liam said would happen. Seeing people saying the way we celebrated, it was um, it was a shock to us. It's like it wasn't a shock. It was just. A bit of a shock that it happened that early because we expected Eubank being as tough as he was to probably last, you know, a bit longer than that before Liam started breaking him down, actually getting to him. But Eubank was throwing a lot of punches in the first three rounds, which he hasn't done for a while. And I said in the interviews, probably with yourself and I've done about fifty others in fight week. I don't believe he's got twelve rounds in him. I think that's why he fights the way he does. I don't think he can maintain a pace of twelve rounds because I haven't seen him do it for so long. 
and people will laugh and say it's not because he hasn't, it's because he hasn't asked to, hasn't had to, but he, he has had to. As Liam said again, he dropped Liam Williams four times and he's seen the final bell. You know, that, that's that's not happening if that's mm. Liam, and that's no disrespect to Liam Williams. He's a good fighter. Just I think something may have been up with him on the night, but you can't make excuses. And if you don't do it in the gym, going 12 rounds at a pace or working hard or sparring hard or fighting hard, then you're not going to do it on fight night. I don't care how talented, how talented you are or how much ability you've got or what trainer is in your corner. If you haven't put it in there in the gym, it's going to tell on fight night. And to do 12 rounds is something that Liam's been doing quite regularly and, and training for 12 round fights and he pushes himself to, to the limit every time in the gym. He's put the work in and I'm so glad they paid off for him. But no, a lot of excuses to answer your question what I keep seeing and you know, there's not one yet which which makes any sense to me. And it's all just people clutching a straw saying, you know, the elbow or, you know, Liam's a dirty fight or foul play or this or that. You know, I've seen you bang through the head a few times unintentionally because that's boxing, it happens, that's the way he fights. Um, neither fighter, a dirty foul play fighters type of thing. And that happens in boxing. You're going to get the odd elbow or the other. I see it a lot with kids where they do that to, to, to make room for themselves to go down to the body, but your elbow's coming up in that movement. And, the ref will usually say, you know, watch the elbow, but it doesn't really land. And the way that one lands, it wasn't even going, it wasn't going up or down. It was, he started to throw a left hook or maybe push him that way to get down to the body and it's just landed. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that people are saying it could be intentional or that that caused the damage to your bank side, which I think there's a nice slow-mo, the big left hook landing, which, or the uppercut, which takes his head right back or the left hook. It's, it's one of those two, which you'll have done it. My, my, my opinion, I think it's probably the uppercut. Obviously, you've been around Liam this this past week, and you know, as a fighter, sometimes adrenaline you can't really celebrate or take in the sort of style of victory that you've you've done that you've just had. But for Liam, it's been a week on, we're over a week. What's his mindset right now? Is he willing for the rematch? Is he wanting that world title shot? Is it Anfield? What's his sort of uh, mindset right now? I don't know. I haven't seen him sober since the fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't spoken to him about it really. We, 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 We've been on a uh, Callum's over in the States. So as long as he brought his PlayStation with him, we can get on Call of Duty, the four of us together again and just just tick tick over it and bide a bit of time at that. But I've really had a conversation with Liam about the fight, so to speak, apart from in the dressing room. And you know, the next day I went I went I went and caught the last ten minutes of his footy and uh, watched him missing that pen. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So never got, got a chance to speak to him about it then. Then I bumped into Mimi Mums and and, and as a chat with him through the week over over, over things, and we had the boss night Friday or the great night, um, a little party. Liam had a little party on the Friday, just like a little celebration. Not a party, just to get together. Everyone just went for it together in in the one place, really. And um, it was nice celebrating. It was a nice uh, a nice cake, bit of food, and all his all his friends and 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 a few members of the family there just having a drink with him. Um, and then he was off out again. And I seen him last night. I bumped into him last night in in uh, one of the events that was in town. I left. I left early. Come on, had a cup of tea, some toast, and left. Left him and all his mates. You're all getting old, Paul. So You're getting old. I'm. I'm well past it, but um, he's he's enjoying it, and so he should. You know, he, he can't move at the moment in, in Liverpool the way it is, and people celebrating because that them type of fights with that type of name, like like you know Chris Eubank Junior, it, it, it captures the the general public apart from you know as well as just the hardcore boxing fans who love the boxing. Um, that was like a a fight well. Have a lot of people talking, and the way that he did it, and the way that he won and got your bank out today is exactly what he said. He 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 would and could do. You know, he's a, he's the real deal, and 
to to Liam. He was the former world champion. He's the one who's been there and done it. He's the one who's fought the top names, the better caliber opponent. He's on a good one. He, he, he's you know everything that Eubank was saying that he wasn't. But it's proved that on the night. I just want to talk, I don't want to touch on it. You mentioned how fast you you were celebrating all that, but watching that sort of the stoppage back and that you did move quick from that ringside position. You went through the ropes and you got over to Liam within zero point two seconds, which is the fastest. It was just rapid, mate. You did. You Some, did launch yourself someone pointed that, that out, Andy. Yeah. Someone pointed that out. I said, "Don't let the belly fool you. Yeah, I can still move a bit. You know, I've still got a bit left." <laughs> now, Liam and Callum, the, the lads laugh at me and say, "If I miss with the first shot, I'm knackered." But I'm, I'm, I'm all right still. I'm, I'm okay. But no, I just seen Victor Lockins and wave it off. I knew the fight was waiting for completely. I'm in the ring celebrating with that. Look, it's me, brother, uh, and yeah. people have seen us all celebrating. And I've seen a few people saying, "All oh, right, you know, you don't have to keep saying how close you are." But you know, we're best mates as well as brothers, so. They they win, they win, we win. That's that's how we've always looked at it. If I win, they win. If they win, I win. You know, and and just knowing what it means to him, seeing how he was. And listen, people need to remember. I've sat there in dressing rooms taking Stephen's boots off, helping Liam with his boots off, Callum with his boots off after they've had losses. They've sat there with me doing it for mine. I said to Liam in the ring on that night, and I said to Callum. Look at the corner. There was no one there. It was Roy Jones and the lad who wrapped his hands, Michael, who, who was a nice fella. Ronnie Davis, who's always going to be there with him. And all the people that were in the dressing room while I was in there watching his hands were nowhere to be seen. And no one around the ring, all the people that were in there. And again, I can only speak from experience, what I've experienced and what I know. I was in our dressing room and the pause inspector said, they're about to wrap, you need to go in there. I left our dressing room buzzing, music on, full, people there laughing, friends only, you know, friends and team only, people popping in to say hello and everything else. While I was in there testing room, you'd get the other people, I'm not slagging Eubank for this, I'm saying about Liam Tyson Fury going in to see him, a couple of Liverpool players going to see Liam. Run Eubank's testing room, it's totally chalk and cheese, it was silent, it was quiet, it was the odd person would come in and laugh and joke and I'm standing there obviously and it's me brother he's fighting like ah oh, fuck him up Chris and this and that you know take this and they take this kid to school and all that you know and I'm standing there watching all just keep quiet time just be professional I'm there to the time watch the hands and get my own sort of gauge on what's happening there but the dressing room was as full as Liam's was before the fight and after the fight in the ring you know, there's no one there. And, and I've seen it a few times. It's a sad tale with boxing. You know, there's a lot of people there because they're being paid to be there. Or there's a lot of people being there because it's, oh, it's Chris Eubank. But when the going gets tough and the times are hard, you know, you've got to still be with you then as well. You know, the mm. fair weather fans, isn't it? That's the old saying. And the dressing room after Liam's fight it was, it was unbelievable. You want the people that were in there and just celebrating happy you were there yourself, you know. And, and, and I didn't really like to see... Um, Eubanks session after it, but we went round. Callum wanted the Callum wanted the photo with Roy Jones. He was too shy and too quiet to ask. That's so Callum. He, <laughs> he can come round, but well, I've experienced something like that before. I, I I went in. I was lucky enough to. I was very lucky enough to do it. I went in to watch Costa Zoo, uh, wrap his hands for Hatton and watch the gloves and that. So I had to go in to watch the hands and I had to go back to watch the gloves being put on and. All I could hear was Costa Zoo breathing through his nose. I couldn't hear anyone else. There wasn't a noise in there. There was no music. There was no nothing. And I walked out of that one silent, like a, you know, 
like a library and then I walked and as I got closer and closer and closer to the door of Hatton's session room, you'd open it up and then Oasis is blasting. I think there was a dog on a lead in the corner. There's everyone everywhere. There's people everywhere. It was just a, a total polar opposites of, of atmosphere, friends, family, people, and, and more like quiet. And that's exactly what it was like this time. But, you know, just everyone's different, aren't they? And people are different and how they deal with things are different and how they have their own dressing room is their idea. But Liam's was, um, Liam's was great. Eubank was, it was quite quiet. It wasn't really good to see. Just to change the subject quickly and do a quick segue here, um, you touched on Liam being out in the state. Uh, Callum, sorry, being out in the states. Here, he's obviously probably out with Buddy McGirt there. Um, that ties into my next sort of what I'm going to talk about here is the did you watch the Bertabiev yard fight? Because there is an interest in that fight for your brother Callum. And um, before we touch on that, did you watch the fight last night and what a great fight it was? Yeah, I watched it today. I didn't watch it last night. I was getting a I was getting a play by play commentary off my missus who thinks she likes. Thinks he's a boxing expert sometimes, and calls all the boxers by the first names. And I was, I was, I was out. I was DJing at one of my mates' nights. What he puts on, and um, I used to DJ years ago, and so I'd do the odd reunion one now and then. But we were there, and my phone's beside the the turntable, and I, I can see like yard hit the TV. I've hit now yard hit again, or like, <laughs> laughing, getting play like play. But I thought I'll, I'll watch your first thing in the morning. So as soon as I got up this morning, I watched it. I thought it was good effort from from yard. Um, I expected it to be a little bit earlier. What what happened? Um, I think I had to bet on the first four. I think I got three to one for for rounds one to four for it. Um, I felt it would have been you know that type of fight. And again, it's just back to what what you hear and on the grapevine and what you see on the grapevine. You know, Anthony Yards. I've always said this. I like him. I, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's a nice kid as well. And I've met him a few times, and I've always been respectful and vice versa. It's the training setup that I always had a problem with, and that I always will have, probably have a problem with. I think he can do a lot better for himself. But last night, I thought he'd done well. I thought he 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 gave everything he had. And again, I always see it was a head on the cards at the time. If it's, it's a twelve round fight, you know you can't go and put all your eggs in one basket in six rounds, win the six rounds, and get stopped seven or eight round seven or eight because that's why the champion will just buy his time and wait and allow you to punch yourself out and then put it on you. But for me. I don't think there was a loser last night in that fight. I think at the arc and all the Zedai and, and the stock has, has risen after that fight and, and he's gained a lot in defeat by the way he handled himself and by the by the way he fought. Um the stoppage was was right. I think I think after the knockdown, Steve Gray would have been well within his rights to stop it because he he sort of turns his back on Steve Gray and walks back to his corner when he's on sort of nine and a half, so to speak. But um, you know, it, it went on maybe. One shot too many, but good performance, good um, good display by at the yard. Showed, showed a lot of a lot of hard fitness and, and and toughness in there. But ultimately, you know, the the the, the better, stronger, fitter man won on the night, and, and it's a fight that I'm massively looking forward to with Callum because I think anyone watching that and and who knows Callum and knows how he fights, there's a lot of openings, there's a lot of vulnerabilities there from. Batebi ever felt he was possibly showing a little bit of his age, but I don't want to jump on the bandwagon and get a shock if if and when the fight happens and he looks like a spring chicken again. But he is getting on now, and and them fights that he has and the camps that he has for them fights will take the toll on his body. But he's always a macho that looks after himself very well, in good shape, and um, sets up nicely, hopefully for a good fight in the summer with him and him and Callum. I know there's talk of Bivol and listen, a unification with Bivol would be great. I can't say it wouldn't because it's just it's mm. my brother fighting. But 
it won't be a, a unification for the undisputed title because the WBC title has to be four foot by Callum Smith next. So for me, brother Callum, he's in a great position. He's got a, a fight to contend with first in March, and then um, he's over. That's why he's over in Florida now with, with Buddy McGirt in the gym working hard and working well. And then um, then fingers crossed he comes to that on skate and then sets up nicely for as a as well title shot at light heavyweight now second weight division. Obviously, you mentioned Bevel there, but I think, obviously, I don't know if Canelo will want to say something about that. I don't you know what Canelo is like. If he comes back from his injury, he might want to write that wrong and probably go at it again with, with Bevel. So hopefully that unification fight is pushed back further, which gives Callum the mandatory chance. I think it's for the WBC, isn't it? He's a WBC mandatory challenger, Callum. Now, you mentioned there that, obviously, Bertabier is getting on in age and he has been getting clipped a little bit. He's been hurt a little bit in some fights. Yard hurt him a couple of times in that fight. But do you think with the power that Liam is, uh, Callum is now carrying up at light heavyweight, that if he touches Bertabiev, that he could either put him down or put him away? I, absolutely, yeah. But also, Bertabiev is, is a monster himself and a massive puncher. So you, you've got to be careful and be wary of what's coming back. I'm not saying by any means it's a foregone conclusion. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm backing my brother. And to be honest, I'm never going to do an interview where I say I think my brother's going to lose. I, I always back my brother. I always, I always fancy them, but... I do look at it from what I see day in, day out, as, as I've always said, you know, and it's a great chance for Callum to, he's a great opponent for Callum to look good against, albeit he's, what, 19 wins, 19 knockouts, never gone the distance and, and is a, a devastating puncher and, and a very capable boxer as well. People forget, like, what he can do apart from just being a puncher, you know, he's a good boxer, he, he controls the ring well. But at, at stars winning fights... And I see a lot that Callum can can expose with with Bivol, eh, with Batebiev as opposed to Bivol. And listen, Bivol's got things that can be exposed as well, but no one's yet to do that in, in the pro game. Um, Bivol and Callum actually boxed in the amateurs. I think Bivol won on points in the amateurs when they boxed um, when Callum had just turned senior. Um, so you know, he, he's he's mixed in that class, so to speak, as, as an amateur as well as a professional now. And it's it's a it's a great fight, Bivol and, and Batavia, but it's also a brilliant fight. Callum and Batavia, I think, last night, I think if, if you thought that was probably violent or, or, or a bit brutal, I think you're probably going to get more of the same with, with, with Callum Smith and, and Batavia also because Callum's power has, has definitely carried up, you know, regards maybe spoken about, but I'm, I, I think I'm a massive backer of Callum Smith's power and the knockouts you'll see and you have seen in the past from Callum have been devastating. He's, he's a huge puncher. Well, obviously, exciting times. Obviously, you mentioned there that Callum's got a fight to get through in, on 11th of March 1st, though. I mean, we don't know who the opponent is yet, but, I mean, we've seen banana skins happen before in boxing, so he's got this thing, he's got 11th of March to concentrate on, and then hopefully better be, like you said, in the summer. But again, right now, for obviously, your two younger brothers and Liam and Callum, I mean, looking ahead into the summer and the end of 2023, it seems like there's nothing but big, big fights for them leading into this year. Uh, are you a little bit jealous that you're not still fighting that you can get onto this maybe a, an Anfield card with them? Because I, I keep I keep bringing this up, man. Because I know how much the <laughs> Anfield meant to you and all this sort of stuff. But do, yeah. you, do you feel any sort of like, ah, damn it, man! If I was only five years younger, you know, you know, if you'd have asked me that probably three years ago, I'd have said yeah. And and, and it's not the time; it, it's just the frame of mind and the state of mind that you're in. I've, I've accepted it all now, and I'm I'm, I'm past it all. But listen, I'm forty. Could I still box? Yeah, absolutely. But do I want to? No. But if it's a case of making all four of us to, to fight at Anfield and Stephen was up for it, someone else was, I'm hardly going to get in and fight someone with a, you know, with a, 
a world title belt or someone who's a champion or something. It, it's just, it, it would be like an exhibition for me because that's all it could be, really. Actually, I can still hold me on. I know it could, no matter what you don't lose, you don't lose it all. You lose a lot of it. And the level that I wanted to fight at, I didn't have it to compete at the end, so I retired. And I didn't want to drop down a level and maybe lose the kids that I wouldn't have lost to if I'd have been two years younger. But that's exactly what my last felt, fight felt like to me. A year earlier, I had to beat him and to beat him well. But I just, I aged, I felt my age. I was 34, he was 24, and it was one of them things. Um, but ne never say never. I've, I have sort of said goodbye to competing and, and, and fighting, and I've learned to accept that now and live with it, but it never leaves you. And, and anyone that's sort of out there who's, who's retired will probably understand what I'm saying. You know, you're always watching a box and think, I could beat him. And I watch the box now and think, I could probably still beat him now. I'm in that, you know, it, it's. It'd have to be the right type of opponent and the right type of mm. venue, which is Anfield. And that would be something else. And so I had to say no to, but never say never, but probably not. You know, Listen, uh, an I'm exhibition not. fight. We've just seen Ricky Hatton and Barrera go on a little exhibition fight. And, you know, I, I was there, Andy, and I like, I like the fact that the ruling is an exhibition and that's no problem. They're not trying to make it come back and be something they're not. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what frustrates me when I see fighters. When, when Mike Tyson, when it was mentioned that he was coming back, I was I was fuming all but I was gutted because I thought you never had it twenty years ago. It left you twenty years ago. You were losing to McBride and Danny Williams and else, and now you want to come back and fight now. So as long as it builds is what it is. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan of the white collar stuff. I'm, I'm not a fan of you know the games and 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 the the, the characters that are involved in bo bo boxing. You know they're not they're not licensed. If, mm. if if you're good enough to get a pro license, get in the ring and do it, you know, and have a go. I remember Freddie Flintoff got a pro license, you know, it, it wasn't the best spectacle, so to speak, but it was something that I lived with him for the rest of his life. And if he wants to do it and go for it that way, then then good on them. I keep seeing about these YouTubers. If I was to start a YouTube channel now, a bit like the one you're on and start making all kinds of money, people would pat me on the back and say, well done for being, you know, intuitive or, or yeah. using your initiative and going for it. That's all they're doing, but it's the opposite way around. They're coming to they're exploiting the market, they're, they're joining into boxing, they're not licensed, but they're boxing, they're earning a, a few bob, they're, they're entertaining everyone, they're entertaining, entertaining themselves, they're bringing a new fan base into the sport. So at the moment, I can't really criticize it, you know, it, it, it's one of them things, but never say never. It'd be, it'd be something else to see the four of us on the same show. I thought it was well gone, but. The idea of that was always something that, that stood out because we never ever did it. Three of us, a couple of different threes, fought on different shows, but never the four. I mean, it would be something special, but you're touching on sort of the YouTube game and that because we want to. I know I've had you for about half an hour now, Paul. So I won't keep you much longer. Probably one more. All right. You touched on like the YouTube scene, but if you're looking at right now with the two shows that we've had in this year with your brother and Eubank, and then obviously we've had your yard better be Ev in January. I mean. If this is what we're getting and it's only January, I mean, 2023 is looking good if we can keep making these big, big fights. It's looking great. You know, last I think it was last year, when we finally got to see Khan Brook and, and mm. there's some great fights last year and, and I still watch Khan Brook. I still made sure that I was I was watching it. I, I, I would have went, but, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I watched it. And, and again, maybe the Pacquiao, was it too late yet? But we finally got to see it. As long as you're getting to see these fights, then then the fans are happy and, and me as a boxing fan sitting in, I'm happy watching it. I'd love to have seen it in the prime. I want to see Spence Crawford. I really want to see that. And the two of them will be in the prime. But, you know, other fights out there, if if this is the start of the year so far, as you say, then it's a great year. You know, but it's boxing's, boxing's booming still. And it, 
we talk every other year about it eventually dying away or going, and boxing is never going to go anywhere, never. And this this new audience that are coming into proves that people are always going to want to settle the differences in a boxing ring with a referee with rules with and shaking the hug after it and settle the differences that way, or they're going to do it to get paid and make money out of it and, and, and make a living out of it, entertain fans and entertain the public, which boxing certainly does. That's the thing. It's that's the best way to settle differences. Get in the ring. Mano, mano, have a shake, a handshake and a cuddle at the end of it and then going your way, then done. But Paul, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you again. I'll, I'll be down in Liverpool on the 11th of March, so I'll see you, no doubt, fight week um, for Carl's yep. fight on the 11th of March, so it's going to be another exciting fight week. I'm looking forward to it. But if you're ever struggling for an opponent an exhibition, give me 500 quid and I'll do it against you, mate. Trust I was going to ask you I was going to ask you the same. I've seen you on the pads. You're looking good. <laughs> well, I'll train you. Listen, even though I'd rather train you than fight you, so I'd train you, aye. <laughs> Okay, sound. Right, Paul, listen, thanks very much, mate. Enjoy your evening. I'll speak to you thanks, soon. Andy. Take care, mate. Yes, Paul. Sports Social Podcast Network.